Librarians, librarians, when you've got questions, they're the ones to help you find what you're looking for, and maybe even something more. Just ask, ask the librarians. Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm Robin. And welcome back to another episode of Your Friendly Neighborhood Librarians. Back at it again. We're super excited. We have Kwaje Donnell here. He's a Rochester, New York-based photographer and writer with a passion for public art and capturing his community. His work has been published in Departures Magazine, The Washington Post, City, The Democratic Chronicle, 585 Magazine, The Waterbury Observer, and seen on WXXI. Kwaje is a wall therapy crew photographer and the recipient of the 2020 George Eastman Museum Award for the Rochester Contemporary Art Center's 30th Annual Members Exhibition. Just recently, he was voted as runner-up for Best Ambassador for Rochester, second only to Sean Dunwoody. So that's, I mean... <laughs> Good company. Yeah, I mean, Sean Dunwoody is the, the role model for ambassador. So to even be in, in his presence is, is quite an honor in itself. I bet. And you're also runner-up for Best Photographer, right? Yes. That's very cool. It must That's be, I, what's that like to have that recognition from, you know, the voters, just people of Rochester voting in for those things? Honestly, when I opened the paper, actually it was online that first time. So when I saw it online, they were like, hey, you're, you've been nominated. And I'm like, why? I, it's <laughs> just kind of a weird, kind of surreal experience. You know, when I promote Rochester and when I take photographs of Rochester, most of the time it's for me uh, and it's for, you know, what is important to, you know, my family know about the city and you know the things that catch my eye and so for someone or for a lot of someone's to acknowledge that in some way and saying hey you're you're an ambassador for what we're doing and we really enjoy your photographs is it's a humbling experience and just like i said just to be mentioned you know in the presence of you know those uh, folks that were nominated for ambassador and also the, the folks that were nominated for best photographer mm -hmm. like this is rochester right like the home of kodak yeah, yeah absolutely you're one of five you know, that folks are saying, hey, you're you're one of the best photographers in Rochester. And I sometimes struggle with the title photographer. I like to say, you know, I'm a picture taker. or I capture moments, you know, and so I think it's it's interesting and, and very humbling. And how has this kind of shifted for you? It seems like your recognition's really accelerated in the past couple of years. Did you foresee this happening? I mean, it's, it's really just really taken off, I think, from an outsider perspective. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. As you read the bio, which I was forced to write at one point... <laughs> Like someone says, you need a bio. And I was like, oh, I don't really need a bio. Just I'm Kwaje and how are you? <laughs> and like, no, but tell us about things that you've done. And when I hear some of those things, you know, that's really the last two, two and a half years, right? Wow. So the Washington Post was something that kind of came out of nowhere. You know, I was documenting Sean Dunwoody while he was doing the Composer Crossing mm -hmm. down in front of the Eastman. Yeah. And I just happened to hang out for five hours, capture these photographs. Sean reached out to me a couple of days later and said, hey, the Washington Post is doing a story. They like some images. Is it okay if I give the Washington Post your phone number? Oh, uh, no. Like, who says, <laughs> like, Yeah, who says no to that, right? right? It's, it's the Washington Post. And I'm yeah. like, well, they'll probably just use one or two photos. And it ended up being seven photographs. And again, it was just me wanting to go out. I had a new camera. I was trying some stuff out. And it was a, it was a cool experience. And, yeah. you know, City and the DNC and WXXI. And then the members exhibit, you know, at, that should add in the Memorial Art Gallery I spent. Yeah. I think it was two or two and a half months during their Rochester Finger Lakes exhibition. Sure. Which I think there were hundreds and hundreds of submissions. And of those, they selected 120, two of which were my, my photographs. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the Washington Post obviously jumps out at you in that list. <laughs> but there's also the, the Waterbury Observer, which is where you're from originally, Yep, I'm right? from. Yep. Grew up in Connecticut. So, you know, was born in New Jersey. 
think I was nine or 10, we moved to Connecticut. And then I spent my formative years in, in Waterbury. Mm-hmm. So the Waterbury Observer, I think I walked into that newspaper when I was 15 or 16. They were a small community newspaper popping up in our neighborhood. They had been publishing for a couple of years out of the publisher's living room. They needed some space. They opened this office. I walked in and was like, hey, I'm just some kid and I like to write some stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the publisher looked at me and said, the deadline's Tuesday. Wow. And that kind of started this relationship with, his name is John Murray. And we've known each other for, geez, I don't want to date myself, but close to 25, almost 30 years. And he's still, you know, very much a mentor, very much Mm -hmm. a role model. And so a photographer, a writer. And so I kind of lean on him sometimes like, hey, I'm doing this thing. You know, what what do you think? And so in the last 18 months, he's had me do a few pieces for the Waterbury Observer. So one was called Enough. And it was basically how I was feeling last year. Yeah. You know, as George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and some other things, it kind of came from the perspective as a father, as a brother, as a husband, Mm -hmm. all of these different things as a black man in America. And so I wrote about how I felt and it went alongside some of the images that had been taking around protest art and what was going on, you know, in our communities. And then I did a piece earlier for them because he'd love what was happening in Rochester around public art. And so I... I wrote about that. Yeah. I wrote about, you know, Rochester's public art and, you know, wall therapy and all these great artists, you know, Sarah Rutherford and Justin Suarez and just what was happening in the city and how people were resonating with this beautiful, beautiful work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to encourage the city that I grew up in. Hey, like, throw some color. Yeah. Up. Like, let's, sure. let's have Absolutely. some fun. And so I wrote, he said, you can write 100 words, 200 words. And it ended up being, I think it was close to 2000. There you go. Words. He spread it out over six pages along with some images that I had taken. And so it was kind of cool. That's amazing. That's so cool. It's amazing. Once you get started with writing like that, 200 words, you're like, well, I can keep keep going going. all day here. Yeah. 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 When you get into like, you know, obviously there are folks that write thousands and thousands of words. When you get into that... 800, 900, it's like, oh, this is, this isn't a lot of words. Yeah. Like, let me keep going. There's a lot of story to tell here. And then I get to, I think it was a little over 2,000. And then I'm like, well, someone's got to proofread this. <laughs> like, That's okay. That's I, what I, editors are for. I wrote yeah. the thing. Like, yeah. so, this is, you know, someone's yeah. got to look this over to make sure, you know, it, it flows. And it was a cool story to tell. And it encouraged the city. They end up doing a crosswalk. So they did a couple colorful things in, in town. So I was happy to, to see that. That's amazing. That's so wonderful. Before we segue, well, I guess maybe this is a natural segue uh, into the, the book talk. We are a library podcast, after all. That's true. Upcoming, I, this past year, you, you did a lot of work on uh, In This Moment, the chat mm-hmm. books, right? Which were really popular in this yeah, library and other were. libraries. Just be able to give those away here for free and to get them in the hands of patrons specific to Pittsburgh, I thought was a great thing. And um, I heard that there's possibly a, a second round of In This Moment coming up yeah, in so 2022. There's a, there's a lot of cool things coming within this moment. So. You know, Amanda Chestnut, who curated the project, sent me this email. And I think it was like, I tell the story all the time. It was like five or six paragraphs. It was too many paragraphs because I saw I'm putting together a project. And that's all I saw. That was the most important part. I'm putting together a project. I'm curating. We're going to tell some stories. I'm in. Yeah. And then I was like, maybe I should probably read the rest of the email. (laughs) I responded to it. Like, that was my response. And I had not read any further than those first three lines. But it was a cool project. And one of the things that I appreciated about it was... You know, we're telling 10 stories, some stories that had never been told in that capacity, right? And we were pairing them with 10 black writers Mm -hmm. and 10 black photographers, right? And so actually a little less because I did double duty as a photographer and a writer. But it was a a cool experience to be a part of because we were able to really tell these stories and from, you know, unique perspectives. I think our word count was 
Seven or seven fifty? That's not a lot of words. So how do you tell a story like in a concise way? And everyone kind of zeroed in on something. And, and I remember seeing some of the list of some of the people that were going to be a part of it in terms of both the writers, photographers, and the folks that we profile. And I'm like, well, there's Sean's name, so I'll probably catch Sean Dunwoody because <laughs> me and Sean had, yeah. had a relationship at that point. It photographed a lot of his work. Mm-hmm. And they sent me an email and said, oh, we're going to have you do um, photographs for Danielle Ponder. Uh, trying not to like be a super fan yeah, here, yeah. but <laughs> uh, and, I'll, and I'll tell this story, you know, really quickly. When I took her photographs, you know, we, we hung out at her place for a little while. I took some photographs at her place and then we went out and took some more photographs. But I don't know if it's Danielle's way of like just being calming herself or relaxing, but she sings, right? So it's mm-hmm. like having a private concert while you're photographing. I thought that was a really cool experience. But the thing that I really appreciated about it was, you know, it wasn't art. It was art in, in terms of music, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the public art that I think a lot of folks that know me for up to that point. And then I was able to do the profile for Summer Brook. Yeah. Right. And that was another like, wow. And I remember, I think our deadline was maybe two or three weeks before election day. And, and so I interviewed her and I don't know, it was maybe August or September, but I wouldn't write a word until election yeah. day. I was yeah. like, there's yeah. no way. Like, I'm going to write this. Yeah. Like I knew she was going to win. Like I felt it as we were three cent, you know, sentences in and we talked for about an hour. So I have an hour's worth of tape, but I've kind of zeroed in on one story I wanted to tell about like her kind of rise to where finding her path sure. and her moment. So it was really cool to be a part of that. And it was cool to kind of be a cheerleader for the other groups that yeah. were putting out these beautiful projects, like beautiful, beautiful work, just being in awe of the skill level of the photographers, but then also the writers and yeah. where they zeroed in and, and kind of told those stories. And my books were the last ones that come out. So I kind of had an opportunity to see what everyone else was doing, but my words were already gone. Mm-hmm. My photographs were already gone. So it was interesting to, you know, as the, the story kind of played out. The work was beautiful. The words, Absolutely. the photographs, yeah. and you'll be happy to know they were wiped out really quickly. Oh my gosh. Fa- Every really time quickly. we got a new one, it would go yeah. super quickly. Yeah. I would love to point our patrons to go pick yeah. up some more here, but they've been gone for... And it's been exciting for us. Every time we get a new box of whoever's next, it's just fun to open it up and say, oh, this amazing person has been profiled. And I think the, yeah, the profiles are just... <laughs> And I mean, I'm a fan of every single group, mm-hmm. every yeah. single one. And last year, as we got towards the the last three books, we had a rap party. And so we kind of got together on the lawn, a uh, uh, visual studies uh, workshop. And, you know, it was kind of a potluck type yeah. deal. And it was it was really nice and community kind of coming together and, you know, talking about it. At which point they talked about more like, yeah, we're likely to do a second round. Cool. What does that look like? And then some other really cool partnerships that will happen happen in this second phase around some you know educational components. Nice. One of the things that I I love to talk about is that the partnership with the libraries in, in town, right? So the the system being able to tell some of the stories via Zoom, right? So people wanted to get together, wanted to hear some things, what was going on, and so we were paired out and some partnerships to kind of tell some of those stories and. You know, the library gave me a couple libraries, including uh, Pittsford here, gave me the opportunity to talk about public art and mm-hmm. benefits of public art in our community. It was a really nice partnership to see sparked from in this moment, giving 
you know, some of these folks additional opportunities to talk about the work that they're passionate about. Yeah, we loved it. We appreciated having you. And uh, I think that connection, especially the suburban libraries, which in, in many ways, I'm not breaking news, are walled off from the city in a lot of ways. So it's great to have you and, and the chapbooks in this library mm-hmm. and get that into people's hands just to see what's actually happening in the city. So we appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. I think we're ready to go to the questions. <laughs> Thank you, you for that. That was wonderful. So let's just start right from the top. So what books do you have on your nightstand right now? What are you reading? So I, I'm a visual person, obviously. So I love a lot of photo books, but I also love like quick inspirational books. Things are what you make of them, right? So life advice for creatives. And so there is this book and inside Ah. the book, there are these little, you can tear them out if you wanted to, right? So there's these little words of affirmation or, hey, you're doing okay or whatever. And there's this one part. One that I always come to, you know, right? So we overextend ourselves sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. And so we'll, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do this. Or, you know, and then you kind of run uh, out of steam. And so there's this one that says, take a nap, question mark. It's like, <laughs> yes, you need to take a nap and you're tired. You've deserved it, right? You could take a yes a break from planning. You take a break from things going on and, and just veg out sometimes. Yeah. So I love having this book close by. You know, sometimes I'll just pick it up and, you know, how am I feeling? I kind of flip to a couple of pages and, and there I am. You're so, like, that's what I need to yeah, hear in this yeah. moment. Yeah. It's interesting how books work out. Sometimes you will open something and you're like, wow, this is yeah. a page. Like who, who chose this page for me? Yeah. 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 It's amazing. And thank you for coming to talk to us and not napping today. <laughs> yes, we appreciate <laughs> it. I took a nap on Saturday. Okay. It was a really right. good one. <laughs> and I'm good for probably the next three weeks. <laughs> so what would you say is the last great book you read? So um, I had this great opportunity last year to photograph or document the John Lewis mural down on State Street um, mm. in the city. And the artists popped into town like most artists are very last minute in terms of uh, organizing some other stuff. They had planned. They knew they were coming. They had a lot of things done. But as they pulled these teams together, me being one of the the members uh, to document, uh, it was kind of, you know, a couple days like, hey, we're we're painting. You want to come and take photos? And I'm like, this is a great opportunity. And so I really got into I mean, I had always admired John Lewis and what he had done. And I thought, you know, his his work was was great. But as I documented this mural and the photograph, and I just wanted to kind of dig in a little deeper. So the last great book is this John uh, Lewis book, Carry On. And so it's Reflections for a New Generation. Mm-hmm. And so these are some of his thoughts. I think it was like recorded or pulled together as he was dying. Wow. Um, and so there's some really great stuff. And it's a really cool book. And again, it's just these really quick inspirational yeah. things, right? So he has a section on dress, right? So why yeah. he dressed a certain way, uh, especially during the civil rights movement, right? There are just so many other on courage, on, you know, just his role as a, you know, as a member of the civil rights. And it's a, it's a quick read. For folks listening at home, that book is definitely in our uh, collection. What was the title one more time? It's John uh, Lewis. John Lewis, Carry On. Yeah. I think next great question is what book, if any, has made the greatest impact on your life? So before before Rochester, before Connecticut, uh, I did a lot of work with uh, young folks. And there was a program in Connecticut, New Haven, it was called LEAP. And LEAP worked a lot with at-risk students. And so we had college kids and high school kids that would come in and be a counselor. I lived like a block or two from the neighborhood that I was in charge of. And there was this book, and it's by Toni Morrison. And it's just a children's book, and it's super inspiring. And it was one that I read to my group all the time. It's called The Big Box. Okay. And kind of to boil down the book, 
it's basically around, you know, everyone will live and do things differently and we can't put them into a box, right? And mm-hmm. so I would read this to my counselors as we began and I'm like, listen, you know, we have to encourage them to, to think outside of the box. We got to encourage them to do what they're going to do uh, and guide them, them along the way. And it was this, there's this part where it says, but if freedom is handled just your way, then it's not my freedom or free. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, it's, it's something about that line. And it says it. There's a bunch of times as they talk about these three kids uh, in this book and they keep coming back to then it's not my freedom or free. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I this was super impactful. And, you know, I've had this book for, geez, uh, probably 18, 19 years. But when I worked with those those kids and when I picked this up last night, I was like, man, I remember mm-hmm. uh, those that book. And uh, my my youngest son is autistic. Mm-hmm. And so I often think about these lines, too. Right. So, you know, he sees the world a little differently. And this really inspired me and my work, uh, especially with young folks. Yeah. I love how that, wow. that still resonates some 20 years later, like yeah. you said. It's yeah. amazing. Okay. What genres do you especially enjoy reading now? And do you have any you avoid? I am a biography, autobiography. Mm. Uh, I am love historical accounts of things. I'm a, my wife is a history, has a history degree. And that's just like by coincidence. I didn't know that when we started to date. And then that works out. And we're yeah. like, you know, and so she will call me more of a nerd because I do it for fun. And she's <laughs> like, I went to school for this. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know who is more of a nerd. Like, you actually have a degree. And I just like to, you know, sometimes. You just you dabble. Know, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I love, you know, historical accounts, right? And I also love audiobooks mm-hmm. in terms ah. of some of those. So when I lived in DC, you know, I lived like nine miles from my job, but it mm-hmm. would take me like nine years to get there. And so. <laughs> Uh, there were a couple of times where I'm listening to like, you know, book about the Civil War and then I'd miss my train stop by like three stops because I'm so yeah. into it or thinking about it. R- read a lot or read a lot about Lincoln or W.E.B. Du Bois or civil rights era and, you know, just a lot of those types of types of things. And mm-hmm. I also like to read for information. Right. So I want to learn how to do something. I want to learn how to write a grant. So I'm going to read this yeah. book about grant writing. Uh, there was a point. Probably five or six years ago, I was like, oh, food trucks, those are really yeah, hot yeah. right now. I want to yeah. start a food truck. And yeah. I read like the book and I was like, no, nah, I think I'm just going <laughs> to, I think I'm just going to eat at food trucks because <laughs> that's a lot of work. Um, but it's, you know, it's those kind of, those types of things. What about laughing? Do you like any books that make you laugh or is there a book that has made you laugh recently? I think this one here. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I love David Sedaris. He is very funny. So this is another one of those. And I used to take the train a lot from D.C. to Connecticut when I would visit family. And, you know, this was during the time where, you know, they had no Wi-Fi. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't have uh, necessarily have iPhones in our pockets, you know. And so I did a lot of reading on the train, but I wanted something that was, you know, entertaining. And so me talk pretty one day. David Sedaris is one of my favorite books. You know, there's a couple lines in here that are not appropriate, but <laughs> yeah. there are, it's it's some really fun stories and I just love the way he writes and so, you know, he's one of those writers that I'm like, man, I wish I could string together some stories that way. And then I've also listened to a couple of like audio books from him mm-hmm. and he, like the stories are the same, right? And yeah. so it's like this, this amazing way to like he's an amazing storyteller in that way. He is, yeah. yeah. Those books, I've read his stuff before and it's, I, I think I've talked about this with Robin before where like where, if the book can actually make you laugh out loud where you're not just like ha ha yeah. in, in your head yeah. where you're like 
laughing out loud, especially in a public uh, space, like on the train. Or, yeah, people are like, what are you doing? Yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, oh yeah. no, this guy's... <laughs> but um, <laughs> I remember being on a plane reading, not that one, but I forgot, it's the one with the skeleton on the cover, and just laughing out loud. And the, like, you just can't help it, but yeah. it's it's the best. And he's so good, and he's so precise with his word choice, and the way, like you said, the way he could string sentences together, he's he's I, one of them. There, there was a couple of lines in here, and I remember I was coming back from Connecticut and I was like man these are great like I'm going to share these with some some friends like like you don't re- you don't normally read a book and you're like hey I got to share some lines yeah. from mm-hmm. yeah. this book because they're so funny and the guy's like yeah I re- that's I love that chapter oh yeah it's um, nice. so yeah I, it's what I'll do now is I'll take a picture of a page and like text it to my wife or I text it to the my library friends here and like you got to read this like just this yeah. sentence just it's, this yeah. it's hilarious yeah <laughs> sometimes it's maybe just you that thinks it's funny but, <laughs> <laughs> but you got to share it anyway you got to share yeah, it yeah. absolutely it makes yeah. you laugh Okay, so speaking of great writers, if you organized a literary dinner party, what three writers, dead or alive, would you invite? Yeah, this is a this is an interesting one. It would probably be James Baldwin. Yep. Uh, yeah. W. E. B. Du Bois okay. and Frederick Douglass. Oh, that would be a really interesting. Yeah, and party. I think it's what's interesting about them to me is just you know all writers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but also great orators, mm-hmm. uh, especially Frederick Douglass, right? But also coming from three different eras in terms of you know how they were using activism mm-hmm. and their words in activism and would they agree as they're sitting around that table oh, you that know, would on be really some of the i just think it would be when i thought about it i was like oh these three three sound fun or this one yeah but i just think that conversation would be very very interesting yeah it's one of those i'd pay to be a fly yeah. on the wall at that dinner those party three comparing notes would be yeah And I think the the interesting thing about the three of them as well is that they've all spent time outside of the the U.S., so they have a different perspective and all made, especially, uh, you know, in the case of like James Baldwin or or Frederick Douglass, the effort or the conscious effort to return to the States after seeing, you know, some great perspectives on the other end and that commitment to saying, you know what, we... We should double down, triple down, and, mm-hmm. and make things uh, better for folks here. Mm-hmm. And you were speaking of biographies before. There's still, every year, there's more and more books coming about about them. And uh, there's a couple on the shelf right now, the new nonfiction section that are just mm-hmm. and the winning awards. And it's just, there's still new, you know, yeah. to ground to cover, which is well, amazing. One of the things that I enjoy, especially about Frederick Douglass, is before Rochester, I had zero idea what his connection of Rochester was, right? Mm. So I heard about the North Star. You knew about these uh, impactful speeches, but you didn't know or they didn't really talk about it, how much of his life was here, right? Mm-hmm. And so his family and, you know, he's he's buried in Rochester, like these all these different things. And I remember coming when I first moved to Rochester, I was like, why is that Douglas thing over there? And mm-hmm. you're like, no, like Douglas is a big deal here. Uh, and I don't know if we necessarily talk about it as much as we should or could, but it's interesting just that connection to, to Rochester. And I was like, wow. And so there's actually a book about uh, Anna Murray Douglas and, and Frederick Douglas. It's just a small one of those, mm-hmm. hey, this is where they lived and, you know, times when they were here. And so I was like, oh, it'd be interesting to kind of see if this is still here. Or, and my daughter, who is a freshman at the University of Rochester, and so she's from Connecticut, moved to Rochester to, to go to U of R. So I'd given her that book, like, you know, mm-hmm. explore Rochester through the eyes of Frederick Douglass and, and Anna Murray Douglass. That's awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, what's what's the best way for, um, for folks to check out what you're doing? 
So I am on uh, the Instagram mm-hmm. and the Twitter, right? So you have to add the if you're over a certain age. So I've done that. Uh, <laughs> my grandmother and mother would be proud. <laughs> but on Twitter, it's my first name. So Q-U-A-J-A-Y. Uh, and then on Instagram, I think Q-U-A-J-A-Y was mine. I don't remember what the password was. I don't remember uh. what the email was. So if you're looking for me on Instagram, it's dot. J A Y. Very um, good. Gotcha. The other one is I might be me, may not. <laughs> but don't follow that one. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, thanks again. This was great. Yeah, we really you appreciate so you coming oh, thank on. Thank you. Yeah, and thanks for everything you've been doing for Rochester. It's it's appreciated. It's yeah. my pleasure. And that's I mean that truly. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And next we have a recommendation from one of the lovely new Cirque desk workers. Sim. Yeah. Sim's excellent. Sim is Excellent. Agreed. If, yeah. If you've had the chance to, you know, check a book out from her when she's at the circulation desk, I'm sure she's you... She's so lovely. She is lovely. I love talking to her. So let's see what she has to recommend. I'm sure it's going to be great. Hi, my name is Sim. I just started at Pittsburgh Community Library in the last two months. And the book I want to recommend is Field of Blood by Joanne B. Freeman. It's a great book about the lead up to the Civil War and violence in Congress. And it's a lot of fun. Oh, another day, another episode uh, in the in the books here. In the books. Yeah, that was good. Yes. What's I mean, coming up next time? Next time, we're going to get back to our little book club thing. We're going to bring yes. Roberta back, right? Our fave. Yeah, we're going to talk about the YA graphic memoir, Genderqueer. That's right. And we're going to also touch a little bit on something that's been happening around the country. Banned books. Banned books. Banned and challenged books. That's right. So we're going to we're gonna talk as librarians about that one. It should be, I hope... Illuminating? Yeah. Illuminating. A nuanced conversation. It's really our favorite kind of conversation. Librarians ban books. And I think people are always very intrigued by the subject. I think so, too. I think it's one of those topics that people feel a lot of things about. No doubt about it. Come on back here in two weeks. We'll be talking banned books, genderqueer, and a host of other subjects. Absolutely. And it'll be great fun with Roberta here. Yeah, always is. All right. Until then, we'll see you. See ya. Thank you to Meldez, producer, librarian, and magician. Joy Brown, our IT director. Laura, April, and Hillary for our fantastic theme music. The Town of Pittsburgh and the Friends and Foundation for support of the library and giving us the ability to do such awesome projects. And to the New York Times for the use of the By the Book column. Find the library on Facebook and Instagram at Pittsburgh Community Library and keep up to date on everything happening at PCL by subscribing to our newsletter. Subscribe to hear new episodes every month on your favorite podcast app.